Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, I sit down with visionary humans and ask them the one question that you probably want to know the answer to. How did they create, launch, and scale up the business of their dreams? My name is Kelsey Rydell, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple, and that is to plug you into the people, inspiration, and information that will help you create your own most visionary life. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show is going to help you consciously create a life you love on your own terms. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Happy May long weekend. If you're here in Canada, you are likely still enjoying the extended weekend. In the U.S., I don't know for sure if you have a holiday or not, but regardless, we are back with another amazing episode of Visionary Life arguably one of my most favorite shows that I've ever recorded. Today, I sit down with Rachel Smith and Jean Parker, the owners of Maple Key Tart Co., which is a boutique pop-up butter tart company operating in Toronto and Prince Edward County. These ladies had me laughing the entire episode, and not only are they hilarious on their own, but together they are quite the entertaining duo. In this episode, we not only had some good chuckles, but we also dove into the legacy that their mother instilled in them, how they landed their TV show, The Baker Sisters, how they were able to test their idea and get proof of concept before scaling up their business, the difference between community and competition, how they landed their very first retail partners and how they sell their butter tarts, what it's like being in business with your family, and how to get comfortable pitching yourself. So before I tell you a little bit more about Rachel and Jean, let's get into some life updates. If you've been a fan of this podcast for a while, or if you've been following me on Instagram or Facebook or however we connected, you know that last year I launched a 90-day business coaching program called The Visionary Method, and I've helped to this day hundreds of students to launch and create and scale up their businesses through my coaching services, and I would love to be able to support your vision as well. So if you have an intention to extract what you know right now, just as you are, and turn it into a business, then the visionary method is going to be perfect for you. I've got summer school edition launching in June 2019. The Visionary Method, if you're not familiar, is a modern online business coaching program, and it's going to help you to get the idea out of your head, put it onto paper into a fun business plan. We're going to learn marketing strategies, how to build your community, how to build a workshop that you can teach in person and online through webinars and through Facebook Lives that sells your services, and also I'm teaching you how to create a sales funnel. I would love to offer you a free course tour. So in order to get that, please head over to kelseyridle.com slash waitlist. And if you put your name on that list, I'll be sure to reach out to you directly with some special information and the opportunity to jump on the phone with me. 
Now, please don't think that summer school is just for the bad kids. The Visionary Method Summer School helps all ambitious and aspiring entrepreneurs to create and launch their business using time-honored, innovative, and fun business building strategies. When September rolls around, instead of feeling guilty for slacking off and sunbathing all day throughout the summer, you're going to be in the position to launch your business, make money with your first few clients and customers. You're going to be confident in your approach to marketing. And I'm going to teach you how to build up a wait list of clients and customers so that as soon as you're ready to pull the trigger, you are good to go. So again, kelseyridle.com slash waitlist, and that's going to get you on the list for all the updates you need. So a little bit more about Rachel and Jean and Maple Key Tart Co. So born in Windsor and raised in Bayside, Ontario, baking has been an integral part of Rachel and Jean's lives for as long as they can remember. As kids, their single mother started a butter tart business to supplement her income. Rachel and Jean spent hours helping their mother filling tart tart tins, earning 10 cents a tin. After becoming mothers themselves, Rachel and Jean had a similar idea of wanting to start a business, and that's when they co-founded their business, Maple Key Tart Co. The Baker sisters earned their name by taking their mother's award-winning recipe and baking in a few tweaks to create a truly delectable formula. They make four varieties of butter tarts, classic raisin, pecan, and maple walnut. I'm literally salivating as I record this episode for you. And all of their pastries are handmade using quality, locally sourced ingredients. Rachel and Jean also became the stars of a hit TV show called The Baker Sisters, as I mentioned, in which they visit three locations to sample the food that the bakery, restaurant, or deli is famous for. You can find more about that show at foodnetwork.ca. So again, you are going to love the dynamic between these sisters. It was actually Jean's birthday on the day that we recorded this, and it was a gorgeous sunny day in Prince Edward County. It was my final day on my podcast tour up there, and I was staying in this cute little red shipping container, and they pulled up, and we sat at the little kitchen table there and just had a great conversation. This one goes a little bit longer than the usual 45 minutes because we had a lot to talk about, and these ladies were truly a pleasure to converse with and you're going to feel the same way. So go check them out on Instagram at maplekeytartco or you can find them on their website at maplekeytartco.com. Before we dive into the episode, I want to say thank you once again to the county for helping to support this Prince Edward County series. As you know, I've been working with the county to shine a spotlight on some of the most visionary business owners that are creating a life and a business that they're proud of in Prince Edward County and the surrounding area. So go check out the buildanewlife.ca blog and be sure to reach out if you're looking for a little vacation or if you want to head up to the county or potentially see if moving there is right for you. 
I've had a lot of friends reach out already and say that they've booked their trips and they're going to be stopping by the breweries that I've chatted with. They're going to be staying at the June Motel. They're going to be shopping at City Revival, which is my favorite uh, used clothing store that's in the county. So again, I've got lots of recommendations for you. Please don't hesitate to ask. I also want to give a huge shout out to our other show sponsor, Healthy Planet. Healthy Planet is the go-to shop for all of your natural health, natural beauty, and sport nutrition needs. I have been a fan of Healthy Planet for the last five years. I've known the team that works diligently and works, you know, time after time to bring you the best products at the best price. They have lots of stores across Ontario, and they also have an online store. And as you know, I am a huge fan of online shopping. So if you go to Healthy Planet Canada, you will absolutely be able to find every single health food need that you could possibly want. Or if you're lucky enough to be uh, somewhere in Ontario where there's a store that you can walk into, I would really suggest going to check them out. You're going to save a lot of money by shopping with them. You're going to have a one-stop shop for everything you need, and you can just be guaranteed that you're not being tempted with all these products on the shelf that are probably not good for you, okay? Some of my favorites from Healthy Planet, I mean, coming off of a road trip, Dave and I were just up north. I had the Prana um, Kilimanjaro and Annapurna mix. So these are nut mixes. They're organic, they're non-GMO. Um, and I love the one that has the variety of nuts in it, but also the little dark chocolate pieces. So that's the Kilimanjaro mix. Uh, you can grab all of these products and so much more at Healthy Planet. So go check them out. You have my recommendation and I'm really grateful for them for supporting the show. So Rachel and Jean, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. Thank you for traveling to my little shipping container Airbnb today to record this episode. And you're the final interview of the series. So I'm kind of sad to be wrapping it up, but also so happy to meet you both and to share your journey. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. I know I actually am going to move in here to this shipping container. I think <laughs> I might too. Maybe we'll have to share it. Well, the good thing is, is that it can be moved. Yeah, that's true. It can just be picked up and put anywhere. <laughs> New business idea. Yeah. Okay, so we always start the Visionary Life podcast with some rapid fire questions. Sometimes our guests haven't been on the podcast before, so I like to just warm you up. So Rachel, let's start with you. Uh, is there a person, podcast, or book that's impacted your life? Oh gosh, no pressure. Um, <laughs> start with a heavy you one. Know what? The, the craziest thing, the first thing that came to my mind was Jeans and the Giant Peach. That's, really? I know, right? That's where my head went. Is that a story that you read as a child? Yes. I can one remember, that you read your... I can remember sitting in grade three um, around the teacher and you kind of sit in that like little circle together and you're sitting knee length, so you're literally just sitting there looking at your teacher's knee. socks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and those shoes that, you know, had the cushion. Yeah. <laughs> and they were tan. Um, I'm giving you a really specific picture. Of your That's good. <laughs> it's a your... podcast. You have to give the visuals. Her, her legs might have been a little prickly. <laughs> <laughs> and the book was that old book that had um, the binding was uh, made out of fabric and the um, there wasn't really a lot of pictures. The pictures were illustrations. 
and just her reading the book, um, it was so Im like important in, in my childhood, I think. And now I'm just trailing off into... <laughs> <laughs> was she a really good teacher or was uh, it the content of the book that really the landed? the content of the book and that story about imagining um, so much more than just your life and, and your imagination and letting it go. And funny enough, Jean, actually later in life, you bought me that book as a birthday present. Well, it was my favorite too. And oh, funny yeah. enough, today is Jean's birthday. Yes. And we do need to give a big shout out to Jean because oh. she's recording this podcast on her birthday. So happy birthday, first of all. And thank you so much for spending a little bit of your birthday with us here on the show. So maybe let's come over to you, Jean. What's your favorite way to spend a birthday? Uh, with these fabulous, fierce <laughs> ladies. Yeah. It was like Good when you gave... When you gave me, Kelsey, the dates, I'm like, absolutely, my birthday. Because just being here and talking about, you know, our journey, where we, like, where we've come, where we started from, it's very inspiring. Mm. For me, even. It's like sometimes you need to stop and be reminded, like, ooh, you know, I am tenacious. I have put mm. in this hard work. Uh, it's not over. But it just gets me really excited to just be working. Because mm. I think that my vocation as many things but a storyteller above all and like someone who likes to share mm -hmm. so and so. just put me on a stage and I'll just do a song and dance I and love it <laughs> I see maybe a podcast in the two of your oh. futures whoops a little Whoa. cell phone drop we're in a cozy space I think here, that was so a no. that was a mic That's drop, a mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> like we didn't shatter the iPhone there <laughs> Um, but yes, I love what you say too about sometimes you just need to stop and realize how far you've come. I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we, we don't celebrate the milestones like we should and we don't often cheer for our little wins, but that's so important. And so maybe today will be a day of reflection of just how far you've come as you share your story. What, you guys didn't get that in my James of the Dying Peace description? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying. Come on. We were, you were threading this along, uh... Okay, a couple more rapid fire. So we're going back to Rachel. What is one business skill you're currently working to improve? Oh, geez Louise. Um, okay, so I am terrible with numbers. I feel like terrible is a negative term. No, it's true. It's like... Uh... It's like, okay, Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's one of those things that I've always actually been um, not strong in uh did math to grade 10 and then i was like okay passing that off mm -hmm. um and i think that it might have been something that i wish i was pushed further to continue in high school um and i know that this is changing in the curriculum now uh i cannot believe that we've never taught um children to understand finance and banking and mm -hmm. um, there was never a program about here is what a credit card is and your personal finance and and what that's going to look like for you at 18 or 16 when you get a bank account um, and how to invest your money and budget and budget actually do that in our family growing up um, mom I love you but 
you didn't do, like we didn't talk about money and I know that in what her upbringing they didn't talk about money either mm-hmm. um, and we didn't we weren't taught that in school um, and so for me who wasn't good in numbers uh, and at grade 10 that was the end of math for me it was never a strong thing that I, I you know continued to do so now at this point in, in business, I am sitting in front of these Excel spreadsheets and I'm looking at um, projective sales. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is where I'm like, okay, I have to project these sales and these numbers and create for like a forecast. And I'm not gonna turn this over to somebody else. I'm gonna sit down and be an entrepreneur and look at these numbers and I'm actually gonna work this out. And it's hard. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh dear, our business. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is figure outable. It's always a journey. I, I love that you brought that up. It has been something I've been thinking about so much ever since I launched my business a few years ago because I, like you, never felt like the numbers connected with me. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that I just I want to avoid it almost. I'd rather use my creative energy and create content and I want to be out at events and mm-hmm. using my gifts of connecting with people. And when it comes to, you know, organizing my spreadsheets and doing my finances and taxes, I just kind of freeze up and want to put it aside. Mm-hmm. But I also think it was partially due to my upbringing. We never talked about money in my family either. When I would ask my parents about taxes, my dad would just say, oh, I'll do it for you and, mm-hmm. and never explain it, even though I knew he had the knowledge in his head. And it's still something that I'm working to problem solve because I know I can't be a great business owner if I don't devote time and energy to mm-hmm. figuring this out. Well, it's one of those, like, you, any successful business person, the number one thing that they're going to tell you is know your numbers. Mm-hmm. So to live that, you got to know your numbers. So I can't be afraid of that. And you can't be afraid of that. And the only way to do that is to sit down and look at that beast in the face. And I think that the only way that the next generation is going to succeed is that we start by teaching that from the beginning. Yeah. Yes, 100%. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I think we could have a whole podcast on that topic specifically on how it needs to be more integrated into our education system but anyways without going off on that tangent Jane I'm going to come over to you for the last rapid fire question how do you wind down after a busy work week oh absolutely glass of wine um these days it's been a crisp white (laughs) because of the spring coming and then I'll do one of three things. I'll either watch some delicious television with Rach. I know. I was like, please You're put in me there. in there. Please You're put in me there. in there. We are like <laughs> devouring world of dance. Have you seen it? I've never seen oh, it before. What? Is you it a reality show? It's a dance competition, but it's like, <laughs> it's next level. It, it, it makes me so excited and happy because you see these dancers out there just like giving it. And I, I am a creative person. Or I'll read or... Um, I have, we've been making these like little gorilla uh, shoots um, with chefs. And so I'll work on editing that. 
I love it. Yeah, or writing. It has to be some sort of form mm. of creativity. Mm. That's sounds, a wind down. Yeah, sounds like the perfect like Friday night or Saturday night. So, yeah. okay, so let's zoom the lens back a little bit. Let's get to know your upbringing. Obviously, you are sisters, so maybe you could one of you choose to walk us through. Uh, where you grew up and a little bit about, you know, what brought you to where you are today. So feel free to give us the fast track or to go into the nitty gritty of, yeah, who you are and what you do. We're long-winded ladies. (laughs) I I do always start that like, do you want the the long version or the short? Yeah. Even the short is long. Definitely take us through for sure, like where you grew up, what family life was like, and then, you know, if you both split off to go to school and how you came back together. I just want to paint a picture of kind of what life before Maple Key Tart was like. Okay. Well, I, I think that will avoid trying to talk over each other, but we'll share this story because okay. I think we both, well, we know it so well. <laughs> so we grew, we grew up in Bayside. So that's just a little bit north of Prince Edward County um, in between Trenton and Belleville. And we lived with our mom. She was a single parent. We had another sister. So there was three of us and we lived in a trailer park. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, and mom was like the queen of being frugal and finding ways to like earn money to put food on the table. Um, she worked in a million different jobs from like a, you know, being a fry cook at a chip truck to a lifeguard at the, the, the base pool, um, the CFB picking apples. Like she did it all. And I think that one of the reasons for, I'm super proud of how hardworking you and I are, H is we got it from mom. Like, we were never afraid to just roll up our sleeves and and work hard for it. Yeah. So, in this journey, mom was an excellent baker. And when she was working at that chip truck, she would bring in her butter tarts because the guy that owned it, he just loved them. And he's like, Heather, we have to figure out a way to get these out or, like, bake these for us and we'll sell them. So it started there and then another business owner in the neighborhood tried them and he's like Heather bake them for me I'll sell them in my store so it just started that way and she was baking literally out of our mobile home um, she would pay us 10 cents a tin to stuff the tarts she was a lousy pay yeah lousy. like I know and this was in a period of time where we're like in high school or or just Before. like yeah um, and like last thing I wanted to do was do this I wanted to go to the mall like I wanted to get new jeans but Mm -hmm. in order to get the jeans I had to earn my money for it so we uh, worked for her and then eventually like more and more stores started carrying her uh, butter tarts that she got opened up her own shop and we worked there too Mm -hmm. I think she paid a little bit better maybe not I know I don't even actually remember getting the money Yes, I know, neither do I. <laughs> I'm like, I will pay you, I but never came. This is a like, full circle to the numbers yeah, story. That's, exactly. We don't know our numbers. No, but um, I think like mom kind of saw you know, an opportunity that she needed to make money. She had these three girls and was like, I'm here but on my own. What do I do? And saw this great opportunity and and ran with it because mm-hmm. well and her butter tart was exceptional yeah so that's the thing too like she had the product mm-hmm. to put it um so then what happened oh yeah so we 
hated butter tarts. Yeah, we would go to school. Just because you're around them yeah, too much and the we, smell. And... We would go to school smelling like a butter tart. And, I mean, our friends, I think, loved it. I, I mean, I had a few boyfriends. And maybe yeah. that's why. They were like, ooh, girl, you smell Let's good. Let's get butter tart, girls. <laughs> Vanilla and brown sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Yummy. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, what Jean said, we hated yeah, it. Yeah, we really did. Um, but, so we had that business in the family for, oh, I can't, mom had it for like five years, and then she eventually sold it, it, it and with the recipe, and, because she, it was very laborious, like she was baking by herself, she, I think, had uh, one mom in the neighborhood that would come, come in and help. help, but like for the most part, she was doing all the work. And it's crazy to think that she is or was our age now, which is wild. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, but what ended up happening was because she was doing it all on her own, um, she ended up having surgery on her shoulder mm-hmm. because it was so laborious. Yeah, it's early hours. I mean, baking is crazy because mm-hmm. you're up in either the early hours of the morning or through the night so that you can have fresh product, yeah. right? Well, and you're usually asleep. You don't even sort of get the gratification of watching somebody enjoy your product because mm-hmm. you're asleep and getting ready to bake again sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're lifting, like, brown sugar. You buy them in 20-kilo bags, and you're lifting that, and you're, you know, you're lugging, and it's not it's not glamorous <laughs> we always say like baking on television is way more glamorous yeah, no kidding do you think that your mom enjoyed the experience of being an entrepreneur or do you think that she kind of fell into becoming almost like a slave of her own business unfortunately i think it's the latter i really do because just physically it was weighing on her I and i think don't the dream though was there and it, and we talked to mom now about it and i mean she's twinkles in her eyes but I think she forgets that the the physical labor yeah you know what I mean? mm-hmm. well we show her on a weekly basis <laughs> <laughs> we're like mom we were at the kitchen until midnight <laughs> totally but oh sorry go ahead no I was gonna say so when you were uh, watching her go through running her shop and, and selling these butter tarts and seeing the rave reviews did it ever kind of click with you that hey maybe one day this mm-hmm. legacy will live on in my life no. or did it feel kind of almost the opposite of I never want to get myself in a position where yeah I'm almost resenting my own business and how hard it is and it's exactly that we mm-hmm. thought like no way yeah and in fact here's the craziest thing I never ever baked a butter tart like on my own since we sold like I never so, yeah. so what is that like 10 15 years without ever picking up the rolling pin and doing pastry like I mom would bake them every now and then but mm-hmm. like I had no interest. I didn't even think I liked them. So there were no conversations between the two of you as kids going, hey, maybe one day we'll launch this together. No, when she sold the business, like, I think the family were all like, thank goodness. Blah. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Go back to a real job, mom. Yeah, and, and we, you know, at that point we were all, you know, finishing high school and moving forward and... Um, Jean and our other sister were in Toronto uh, going to university and college and I was making my way that way as well and we all had a different idea of what our futures were going to be 
um, all creative. All creative. Rick's a writer. I went through theater school for acting. Rachel was a makeup artist. Yeah. So she was the visual artist. And mom is also a writer. So we we have this creativity that's just always been, it's in our blood. (laughs) It's in our blood. Um, That's an inside joke. I was going to say, don't get it. (laughs) Literally happens when you record with family members together. We just made that joke up like 24 hours ago. I love it. It's fresh. (laughs) We were maybe tired and we thought it was really funny. But blood almost sounds like it's like poop. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is the part that, that we got out. Okay, back on track. So, so what did your career trajectories look like? So you said, Jean, you went to school for theater. Yes. So what happened in the years after school? Did you work in the industry? 100%. What was your career path? So, well, I also had a little bit of wanderlust. So my husband and I, we weren't married at the time, but we'd been together for a while. We loaded everything we owned in a camper van and drove to Victoria and just thought we would play around. This is right after school too. Because yeah. you know, like being a student, it's very, especially theater school I went to, and I think all of them, you know, it's, you're investing a lot like of your soul. <laughs> so it was nice to have a little break, but sure enough, at the end of that Victoria stint, I was like running off and doing Shakespeare in the park. And I, my acting mentor once told me that like, and I've held on to this, um, you know, and I think it applies to, to being a creative person. Like if it, if it was just what you do, like if it was just what you do, you would likely do something else, you know, because it's hard, it's hard work. You're putting yourself out there, um, all the time. And, and you know, you are, you're your biggest advocate, you know, you can't just sit on the couch and eat Doritos or you're not going to. Although I do that, <laughs> I do that. Um, you gotta eat your corn chips, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes dive into that bowl, bowl of guacamole, and then you get back up the next day. <laughs> but I, I, she. So she said, it's not about what you do. We do something else, but it's about who you are. You can't shake it, right? And you know, so I've had like a ten-year career of acting. Did a little bit of TV work. I wrote my own pilot, a lot of commercial work, theater. I, I love it very much. But then we, I went on to have children. And so there was like this little period of time where I had young kids. I was still going out for acting jobs. But in between, like, what was I going to do to make that extra money to help support my family? And the same, it, this was like a mirror of what was happening to Rachel at the time. Okay. And were you still on the West Coast at this no, point? No, we had moved back. You had moved back. Okay. So yes. It's a beautiful... Back in Ontario. I love BC. It's like by far the most beautiful place to live in, but I missed my four seasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's nice to hear. I yeah. did. Because it's... <laughs> believe it or not, like I felt that they are a way of telling time. Like your body is just like when... I, I need this mm-hmm. time to move on and... Yeah. Interesting. I like that perspective. Mm-hmm. So Rachel, you can walk us through maybe a little bit too about like what you went to school for um, and then what your career trajectory looked like after that. Um, well, after high school, um, I ended up in Toronto because both um, Jean and our other sister were there. Um, I actually moved when I was 18, yeah. um, which is a little young for, for some. And she had dreadlocks. Um, I know. Ooh. I was actually a bit of a, a style 
chameleon. Um, I changed my look quite often, which is funny. At one point, I was into a lot of black and gothy. Gothy, and one at once I was a little punk, rocky, and prep, and I mean, I I tried all things, I think. Um, but uh, so I, I came to the city. I took a bit of time off. Uh, about a year and a half and then ended up um, at Humber for the business of fashion which was a business program but it was geared um, in the direction of fashion uh, and the idea that you would kind of end the program uh, and possibly become a buyer um, but then we had creative classes and one of those creative classes was makeup and being a lover of painting and all visual arts, well, that was it for me. I, the fact that I could paint on somebody's face. <laughs> Hello! Yeah. I loved it. And I loved the idea that the canvas was not a blank canvas. The canvas changed every time. Mm -hmm. And um, I pursued that for... I don't know, like 13, 14 years. Did you have your own business? Did you work for um, different other I businesses? I followed um, my one mentor who was uh, my makeup teacher. I basically, she was my makeup teacher and co-op um, teacher. She handed us our co-op forms and said, okay, like you need guys all need to give a, find a co-op. And I gave her the papers back and she's like, no, you need these for your co-op. And I gave her the papers back and she's like, I don't think you understand the concept. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think you understand the concept. You are my co-op. <laughs> and she looked at me and I was like, and I'm like, no, you are my co-op. And then she's like, well, okay. And so from that point on, I was like, I'm going to assist you in all things that you do. And was she a very inspiring person Absolutely. To she took me to Paris. She took me to Berlin. She no took way. me to Vegas. She took me... That's I... a really smart show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just bold of you. I think there's a lesson to be drawn from that. Ask I... for what you want. Exactly. <laughs> so like... can I do a little segue? Just, yes. We have this game, Kelsey, that we play almost every morning. Yes. And it goes, it's either Rachel or myself. I say, Rach, what do you want today? And we list out loud all of the things we want. Yeah, and maybe so it might good. just be like, "Oh, I'd love a glass of rosé." But <laughs> it's usually something to do with their career and like, what is it that you want? Yeah, I actually, with all my students and clients, I coach them to speak things into existence. Yes. If you want something, tell a friend. Like, if you've got a great business idea, don't keep it inside your own head yeah. for years and years. Tell someone, say, I, I want to open a clothing store. Yeah, verbalize that. Write it down. Open, share it. Share it. Open it to the world because if you don't... Nobody knows how to support you. It's yes. like, if it's you want to win the lottery, you got to buy the ticket. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. It's a step in achieving what you want. Yes. And even if it is, I want a glass of rosé today, then maybe you go... Hey, I should call up my friend and grab a patio drink later. Mm -hmm. Like it might spark something Absolutely. in you. So I love that you said that. I think I'm gonna start playing that game. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I once got a coffee table. I wanted this coffee table, and thank you so much, Olivia from the Birch Cliff. She was good to me. 
Rachel's a little jelly. You can see I'm it in her eyes. Jelly. Well, I I would admired this table that sat in the corner of her cafe forever and like was not used, like you could tell. It's one of our our accounts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But I knew she wasn't using it in Toronto, and I loved it. And I said, Olivia, I was totally planning on paying her for it. I'm like. Like, how much do you want for that? And then she ended up just giving it to me. No, the company gave her butter tart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a little bit of an exchange happening. Yeah. I'm sorry. We got so, we digressed from your story. Maybe this is about my journey. Yeah. <laughs> Not Jean's coffee table journey. Oh, and so, yes, I did make up for quite a few years. I got the opportunity to travel, um, which was, you know, a pretty amazing opportunity. Um, and then I had my daughter. Uh, she's going to be four in May. Um, and during my maternity leave, which was really actually not really a leave, because when you are self-employed, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, you, you don't What's leave. <laughs> there's nobody paying. No, there's no leave. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not left. Yeah, you're you still are, there. You're very present. Um, yeah, I think I actually only took like three months off. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, that's that's the story of the Baker sisters. So we'll get there. Yeah. So let's transition a little bit. Like, I guess maybe this will prompt the conversation of how. The Baker Sisters, or I don't know what came first, Maple Key Tart or the Baker Sisters. But when did the business start to become something you were talking about? When did the idea for what is Maple Key Tarts today, when was that seed first planted? And how did the journey unfold from there? Well, it was literally, we had kids at home. We are, weren't prepared to like stop doing what we love to do, which was, you know, acting, storytelling, and makeup, yeah. but we needed that extra thing. So I remember I was in my kitchen in Toronto, you were in yours, and we're on the phone, and Rachel's like, should we try tarts? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Because, well, because when you are, you know, when you're doing my job, which was makeup, and you're doing Jean's job, which was actor, acting, they are contracts mm-hmm. and you you get contracts you get really good ones where you're getting them right after another and then you get a low yeah and, and then you're like okay am I ever gonna work again mm-hmm. I'm never gonna work again <laughs> <laughs> and then you like you look at your partner and you're like they think I'm not bringing income in mm-hmm. and then you start questioning your your value and this is all happening in your head not that your partner's saying that. And so you start thinking, oh, do I need to bring more money in? And Gina and I were both having these thoughts. Yeah. And then what can we do? What, what can, can we, we do? physically do that is going to still allow us to be flexible enough to take exactly. these jobs and then run after our kids? So we're like, should we do the tarts? So we spent. Oh my gosh, are we going to do that? No. Oh! So we took mom's <laughs> recipe and we. Changed it entirely. Yeah, sorry, mom. <laughs> I know we did. Um, we took about seven weeks to uh, recipe test. We kept trying different pastries, different fillings, the ratios. We did well and change like it's, oven yeah. bakes, like and also figuring out can we bake these butter tarts? 
Yes. I was going to say, was this something that you were both getting back into as baking, or did this reignite the fire and then said, let's try our hand at it and see if we can acquire well, this new skill? I mean, we were always baking. Like, mm-hmm. baking is in our blood. We, because of our mother, you know, we never got to buy, or in our lunches, we never had Joe Louis, we never had Flakies, we never had that. I mean, we knew how to bake cookies and brownies mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, and that never left us. But to bake a butter tart is a very specific thing mm-hmm. in how it's done. Pastry is not an easy thing no. to learn. It's very temperamental. Um, um, and we, because we had mentioned earlier, up until this point, we had sort of forsaken that butter tart. Like, no like, way. No, I don't Boo. No. No, thank you. No, no sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. No, no, no. So you're recipe testing it, and yeah. was the intention, hey, maybe we could turn this into a business? Yeah. yeah. And just to start selling to friends or, yeah. like, um, there, the photographer orders. you were working for, she was, like, loved butter tarts, so she wanted. She's and like, she ended up, like ordering dozen after dozen and she's like maybe I'll sell them in my shop (laughs) yeah like we were just playing with the idea and then I remember it was around Christmas time we sold our first uh dozen to Rosalie it's true Jean wrapped a little piece of uh, pine from a Christmas tree I just (laughs) grabbed a branch and jammed it in there because we still had the same sort of aesthetic and then oh my husband he's a fireman and so some of the firefighters from work would start getting them or they would they started getting the ones that weren't very good and then eventually we got our recipe perfect so they would start ordering and this is how it all happened so um the one of the firefighters saw this like this uh call out from the food network they were looking for a a pair of um dynamic duo a dynamic duo of professional bakers and so she sent it along to john said like Gina and Rachel would be perfect. Like, they're baking butter tarts now, right? And so we're like, oh my gosh, this would be perfect. Like, here's this dream job that we didn't even know existed. And it only really came to pass because we started making the butter tarts. It's very serendipitous. It gives mm-hmm. me the... The gooseys. The gooseys. J-Lo. Jean got the gooseys. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's from World of Dance. Yeah. That was a plug-in. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the listeners watch it. I'm just the yeah. only one, apparently, who has it. <laughs> So, yeah, we made this application. We got very excited about it, and we went to go submit I I was, it. like, still nursing my daughter at this time. Like, she was, yeah, like six months old. Yeah, the kids are all running around. Oh, my gosh. Um, and we go to submit it, and the link is down. Like, the network didn't sort of say how long they were going to keep it up there. And I'm like, what? Like, casting is closed? Like, no. No, we're like, this This is our dream it job. It took us forever to make this application. And, and part of the application was um, to create a video of us. Um, and, I mean, to get the two of us without the kids and without, you know, my milking boobs. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, to get, like all of those ducks in a row to get this application together. We had figured it out and we had finally got it done. And then the link was gone. I know. I'm so we like, oh, so I called up my, my agent and I said, Greg, like you have to find like who's casting. Like we need to get this application in. And he, he did. He ended up tracking down the company and it was close. They were like, I'm sorry. sorry. So yeah, then we were like, well, butter no, tarts it is. No, we didn't. At that point, you and I were like, no, no, no. And you and I both separately 
on Facebook messaged the Food Network and we were like, please, please. And they were like, I'm sorry, it's a third party company. Mm. Like, you know, it's over. It's over. Yeah, so we're like, butter tarts butter it tarts. is. So we moved forward. We started um, selling. Uh, a wonderful man um, lent us his kitchen, his commercial kitchen in the beginning so that we were able to sort of make more butter tarts and, mm-hmm. and we didn't really have a place to sell them. We had a couple of like pop-up markets and we would pop up ourselves and it was just word of mouth really in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I was sitting in this, um, the food handlers course that you have to take and all, my phone lights up and it's our agent saying, we just got this breakdown, it's for that show. It was months later, they didn't find their their pair. And so he's like, I'm putting you in. And then we went in and then the rest is history. And wow. And we got the job and we were like, yeah. Butter tarts are on the back burner. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, it, the show's called the Baker sisters. It's with food network Canada. Um, the premise of the show really is Rach and I travel across North America, visiting bakeries and meeting bakers who are doing exactly what we're doing now. So a lot of, <laughs> like a lot of sweat and tears. Um, and then we we find out what is so special about their place, and then we bake something with the baker, and then you get to eat it. Oh, this sounds amazing. Like, dreamy. So yeah. first I just want to draw on a couple like key moments that I've pulled out that I think are actually really important, is that, number one, when you said you were you know, recipe testing and getting this recipe going, and your husband's a firefighter, and you were, you were sampling mm-hmm. your butter tarts mm-hmm. to the firefighters, and they were liking them, mm-hmm. and eventually were starting to ask you for more. And I think a lot of business owners, they get so caught up in the idea and like, what's it going to look like and making it perfect first, but they never give people like that little taste of what they're doing. Like literally if it's a taste of a food product or maybe they host a mini event before they plan a week long retreat. And I love that you did that. You were, you were sampling people as you were building this business, you weren't keeping it all secret till it was perfect. And then saying, Who's going to buy the butter tarts? Yeah. You were saying, okay, try them. People were starting to get familiar with the Mm -hmm. fact that you were back in baking. They were starting to think of you when they saw call outs for, you know, we need a baking duo. And I think that's where you are today is in part of you including people in your journey, right? Mm -hmm. By saying, hey, we haven't got this all figured out yet, but do you want to try a tart? Hey, give us some feedback. You're getting social proof that this is starting to catch on instead of hiding in a hole for a year and, and having a secret project that no one's really validated yet. I think that's so key what you just said. And you remember Henry? <laughs> so there's a baker from Prince Edward County, Humble Bread, Henry and Natalie. They're his bread. Natalie, Henry's the baker, I should uh, preface. His bread is like next level good. And he's also a very good friend of the family. And so when we were testing out these recipes, our older sister, Britt, was working a market with him in uh, Toronto. And she's like, I'm bringing Henry some of your tarts. Bring us some of the tarts. And I remember, like, thinking they're not ready. Like, they were so mm-hmm. underbaked. And they were I think underbaked they were like, and, like, sugar clumps and all this. Britt, who is an advocate for, like, going after your dreams and what you want, and she just supports us she's like no bring them to him and you know sure enough like Henry I I think was kind and said you got something like going um but I remember almost wanting to be mortified because they're 
not where they are now, but you have to let that in. And even like, cause he could teach us something, right? He can share like, Hey, did you try this? Cause I, you know, he's a baker. Well, I think the biggest thing about today, um, with people being so open, especially with social media, um, and vlogging (laughs) is that people want to see the journey. Mm-hmm. People don't, people aren't necessarily there to see the glamorous finished product at the end. Like the end result. The yeah. end result. They don't want to see the big reveal. It's all about the nitty gritty about how you get there, the honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and to put that concept and that idea in business. And how you can develop your business is a new way at looking at building your business. Because if we're opening up our doors and saying, hey guys, like we're a developing business, we're growing, we're trying to grow, we're, we need your help because we want to get here. Well, if I need your help, I need to show you that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we met with, um, a wonderful woman the other day, Mary, um, Mary Brigadello. Uh, she makes these delicious chocolates and part of her journey was she actually did a funding and she basically did this to say, Hey guys, I need money to buy this machine, to buy this machine, to grow my business. And she actually raised money like crowdfunding, crowdfunding. Mm-hmm to buy a machine so she can have her business. And people did that because it was it was the community that was like, we believe. We love your chocolate. Yeah, and we believe in you and we want your business to grow. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, okay, I'm not gonna tell anybody what I'm doing and I'm just gonna try and get a really, like a, a loan and I'm just gonna try and like solve this problem by myself and then hope that people are gonna buy this chocolate because I've, I got this machine however I got it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, people fell in love with her because she opened up her, jo- her doors and became emotional and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it goes back to like people co- connect with people, not with robots or mm-hmm. with scripts that you're saying on social media. And I think it's so important to, yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help and to bring people along. Help the us. Yeah, so help us. So where's your pitch now? Yeah, I know. Link to your Give <laughs> But it just, it's such a great way to build community because we all have struggles. We're all working through problems right now. We all need to rely on one another. Mm -hmm. You can't do this in isolation. You can't build any business in isolation. So I think those are some really good points that anyone listening who is thinking about starting a business or is in the thick of it right now, bring your community on board and allow them to participate in your journey. Don't be secretive. Participation. Great. Totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's uh, get back to, I want to hear a little bit more about the Baker's Sisters. How long has the show been going? How has it been going? What learning experiences have you had from doing this? Give us a little rundown. Well, can you imagine a job that is in, like you and your best friends? Because you know, <laughs> get to travel around so the country and just eat cupcakes like, and meet people. I think that totally did you have to hustle to get the gig or like what were you the people they were looking for we were the people 
Yeah, the show actually wasn't called Baker Sisters. I mean, they no, yeah. coined the title around the fact that they had this these sisters, that these kooky gals. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been doing it for? So we've just shot season one, and it's airing actually right now on global TV on Sundays, which is great. It had its run on the Food Network. And so that was, what, 2007? Uh, all of 2017. We were on the road for, we had these numbers. We went to 39 bakeries. We were on the road for 78 days. But we would come home as yeah. well. Um, we basically, like, the, the filming of the show and the editing of the show and the, the whole show itself, creating of the show, took about a year. Season one. Season one took yeah. about a year. We wow. started um, filming it in the end of February, and the finished product aired December, no, October, October, mm-hmm. yeah. Did yeah. you have any idea, like, where this was going to take you, or did you just kind of leap into it, say yes, and... and yeah, well, and for me... Whole... Yeah, go Sorry, ahead. I didn't mean to No, no, that. go ahead. Um, for me, it's, like, the dream job, because it was this, like, here you've got this storytelling that's good work for a long time like I I felt like all that those auditions all of that had been leading up to this and then it it paired my love of baking and I didn't realize how much those two were connected mm-hmm. so it was fantastic mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> it's I do feel bad when I describe it though because it is like the, the most dreamiest job ever but for everybody, it's a common thread across every episode I've ever recorded in the podcast. I'm someone who is building a business today, who is thriving and loving what they're doing, it's always the perfect marriage of like a total past life that they had. Um, like for you, theater, like maybe mm-hmm. you never thought you'd be doing it full time or able to marry it with baking. But it's, yeah, taking what you've learned in your past or what you studied in school and then understanding how could I apply this to what I want to do now Mm -hmm. and what does that equal out to? And how can I basically create a job or put myself in an industry where I have this unique medley of like two Mm -hmm. different unique skill sets that puts me in yeah my my own box basically. And so I'm always fascinated to hear how what you used to do and maybe your career path leading up to where you are today is infused into what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's a dream job for you, but I think it's also a testament to, you know, how hard you worked and, and what you've applied yourself to. So I think it's, it's very cool to hear that journey. It's a good yeah. it's a Do you feel as though, Rachel, anything from makeup artistry has really helped you in either the TV show any skills or even just um, in baking what do you take from that career path well to what it's you do now? funny Jean seems to think that I have a better um, I'm better at the decorating <laughs> fine skills right 100% no but here's the here was the biggest struggle for me um, and it's funny I've actually never talked about this um, when we started filming the show, I struggled immensely with being that person in front of the camera. Now, I'm a pretty um, giggly, bubbly person, um, but I spent like 12, 13 years being somebody that was behind the camera. Mm-hmm. 
um, and, and loving that job. And then going from behind the camera to being in front of the camera and seeing yourself hmm. is a very different job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you instantly um, second-guess yourself. And, and, and that took uh, a few weeks, months for me to, you know, break down those walls um, and, and realize, okay, no, I'm here for a reason and, and just to love yourself and, and trust, trust in that. And I was very lucky that the person standing beside me was the best person I could have ever asked for. Oh my gosh. There's Happy birthday. <laughs> this is her birthday. There is tears. There is watery eyes right now. That no, but so it's sweet. true. I'm very lucky that I had my sister. Like who could who could say that? And I can say the same. You know? Though. That's like, pretty amazing. To, to go down that journey. Um so we've gone from you're perfecting your maple tart recipe to all of a sudden you land this TV show. What's happening with the maple tarts <laughs> while you're on tour? Did you have to hire help? Oh, Did you honey. put the business model on hold temporarily? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. So because at that point when we got the show, we were only doing custom orders. Um, we 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 put the butter tarts on hold, I and we decided to become TV stars. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was in charge of the our first website, and it was it was not a thing of beauty, but I created this like little sign that pretty much said "Gone Fishing," but like hung up our oven mitts because we're traveling North America. Like yeah. check out the show, um, and so that felt really good, and it did like. We weren't concerned because, again, we had found the, our recipe, so we were going to pick that up. Yeah. Like, immediately. And that's actually what we've done this whole year. So we haven't done any filming. We are on hiatus, and we've dedicated this time. It's been a blessing to our company. Yeah. And we so. have killed it. I'm not lying. In this last um, year, we are tired. <laughs> there, yes. there might be a few bags under my eyes. Yeah, these TV faces are, are suffering. <laughs> but you know, Jean and I, we have picked up those entrepreneur hats, put those oven mitts back on, mm. and we have created so much business. Um, we have over fourteen accounts in Toronto. Sixteen. Um, Sixteen. Ooh. Yeah. Because, well, a couple of our places actually double doubled. Spot. Thank yeah. you. I always forget that. Um, that carry our butter tarts throughout um, the city. Uh, we have, I can't even, it's crazy to think, but we have, um, we're in the Leslieville Flea this summer. We're in the Trinity Bellwoods Flea this summer. We're a full-time vendor at the Wellington Farmer's Market here in Prince Edward County. Mm -hmm. We are in the Toronto Upmarket in Yorkville this summer. Mm -hmm. We are... Um, we are hiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone need we a We are um, a Saturday vendor at Square One Mall um, in, Mississauga. in Mississauga starting uh, this weekend until July 31st 
we are like I it, the list goes on it's yeah. crazy <laughs> we partnered with um, the Yorkville nine or the York the York nine New York nine it's a soccer <gasps> yeah I've heard of that yeah lot. so we're gonna be selling tarts at their games and also uh, we have a potential partnership with the Toronto Wolfpack yeah we actually one day we, we woke up and said hey Jean what do you want today Jean said, I want a stadium. (laughs) I love this manifestation. Wait, so everybody listening is probably going, okay, so this didn't just blow up overnight. There was a lot of work that happened. So when you stopped filming the Baker sisters and you both went back to your respective lives, what were some of the first steps you took in order to even start getting these accounts and to start scaling up production and to land your products in stadiums and at flea markets? Like, What happened in those weeks or months when filming ended and you had all this time back to start building Maple Key Tart? Well, it's, we, talk to, we talk about this almost every week. The, a year ago this time, or maybe it was a little earlier, like January, February, um, we were like, where are we gonna go? Like, mm-hmm. what markets can we reach out to? Because we had, we had sort of made contact with some bigger markets, and they're huge wait lists. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's because we're very much an artisanal product. Product like we have no intention of packaging or being necessarily like mass produced. No, anytime. We, like we love like small batch baking. Every our butter tart is rustic and you can see that it's been handmade. Then none of them are the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are all individually unique. Like your canvases. There you yeah, go. Makeup. There's the there, parallel. Yes. There it is. So we um we're like no one's getting back to us. No. <laughs> like we were literally like okay, you know, Helen can our Rachel's mentor can only buy so many dozen. Like, how are we gonna make these? Who? Where can we sell our butter tarts? So this actually wasn't it. Was it Sugarloaf first or McEwen's? We've yes, had, McEwen's. Yeah. So um, McEwen's Gourmet Grocery Store. Um, Mark McEwen owns that sort of franchise. He's a sh- celebrity chef, and he's on the Food Network. And so I just name dropped the shit out of that. Uh-oh. <laughs> Explicit. <laughs> we did. So I, I wrote, I remember thinking, okay, especially because right now our show was airing, I'm like, let us, this is a perfect marketing opportunity. Let's contact their, so not only their like head grocer or the person that actually brings in the product, but I'm like, I want to rope in their PR too because maybe it will really get passed to the right people. So I said, Jean and Rachel host the Food Network Cannabis, the Baker Sisters. I don't know what it, it's something that's a long subject line, but it was yeah. a long something like that. You're pitching yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the letter got opened and it got put in the right hands and they're like, come in and with your tarts and we'll see because they pride themselves on carrying really you know, premium product. So we brought our butter tarts in and- Sat and, down with them. Yeah, and George is like, these uh, he runs there a few of their locations he's like this is a great product like mm-hmm. of course we want you in there so then having that top dog because it is I'm very proud of that connection and that yeah. account it was easy to then use that same long subject line and then start <laughs> reaching out and like we're in McEwen's this is where we are mm-hmm. and well I think like I mean yes that that was a great lead mm-hmm. 
But once we realized how easy it was, or not even easy, but the confidence of just saying, I'm just gonna be confident. And I'm just gonna walk up and say, hi. My name is Rachel and I'm from Maple Clee Tarko. Do you guys carry a butter tart? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once you realize that that's all you had to say, Mm -hmm. and even if they said, yes we do, or we're not looking, or a conversation isn't that hard. And I think that Jean and I are getting so much better at that. And we can get in our heads so many times, like, oh, I'm not going to approach them, or I'm not going to, I shouldn't, or... But once you break down the walls of, like, don't let yourself get ahead of yourself. Like, there's so many possibilities in business that, like, why wouldn't you go and ask, hey, you want to try my product? I would love to care, for you to carry my product. Or just have a taste, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. Kelsey. Like, Sample. just or, give it, put it out there. Or let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you about my business? Mm-hmm. But Can it, you, sorry, I was just gonna say it does help to have like, mm-hmm. you don't know everyone you meet, everyone who is in your life now. You have no idea how they could help you or who they know, and mm-hmm. and so we called upon Henry from. Um, the Wellington Farmers Market and said Henry like who is the contact for the market like we would love to and so I think he put in a good word for us but Mm -hmm. then he gave me the right person to talk to and they're like yeah there's this opening so they were our first real market and I feel like once we had them Mm -hmm. other markets and events were calling Mm -hmm. we actually I remember um, a year ago, we actually sat down and we created a list, and we've done this since then. Mm-hmm. We've written a list of people. And we're like, who are who are we call it like not important people, key key people. Mm-hmm. And you sit down and you write a list of key people that you can think of that you know that could play that six degrees of separation, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is essentially LinkedIn. To I've been Kevin told. Bacon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have we have to get on LinkedIn. Oh, I know, I know. Oh. But it's like, who are these people that possibly could give you information or connect you with people or link you with links? <laughs> LinkedIn, that's the answer. Oh, that's why they created that thing, eh? <laughs> but it's like, because people are in business and people want to help business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to ask for yes. what you want, kind of going back to that. And I think surely one of the hardest things is to land your first customer, to yeah. land your first account. But I think that's where it becomes important to just kind of put on that confidence hat. And like you said, just email mm-hmm. and have a great subject line, get mm-hmm. them to open it, have something captivating to pitch yourself. and. Who knows? You just yeah. just keep on going until you land that first customer, and from there, once you make your first sale, you can make a million more sales. You know that you have a good product and you have a good business model. So, I think that's very inspiring to hear. And you know, I was because I'm in charge of this horrible thing we all call a business plan. Hey, I'm <laughs> no, you're on the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we're learning that a business plan is very fluid. It's I've rewritten it three times. Yeah. I am working on it still. Changes. Um, and it's not horrible, it's just, it's horrible. <laughs> I know, it can be so mundane, and yeah. I, I realize that kind of the conventional business plan is almost a little outdated mm-hmm. these days, but I think everyone can benefit from writing, writing more it. modernized 
uh, even if it's just a condensed business plan and just knowing like what do we stand for what are what's our vision you know what is our financial projections and things like that so that on the hard days you have something to come back to and say this is why we're in this yeah. right like because we really do believe in what we're selling and then when we get that no from a vendor uh, it's okay because like this is why we're going to keep on waking up and doing this. So, mm-hmm. um, so right. in terms of rewriting your business plan, is there anything in specific that you're still trying to refine oh, and that... get more clear on with your business? Um, well, yes, actually, because we are now in this position where we are outgrowing the caterer's kitchen. In fact, they're hitting their high season at the same time we are. So we're, we need to find a space. So now I'm re-looking at like, because we didn't think we'd go there for a few years off, but just the amount of space our ingredients will take up for the summer, like they can't go in somebody else's space. We have to have our own. So now that's why I'm, I'm retailering what we wanted to happen sooner. So, and then I'm like, ooh, ooh like do we want to try and invest in more PR this way? Or like, it's, it's always changing. But it's it's hilarious. It's like um, Friday we're going to go pick up a half pallet of flour, and guess where that pallet of flour is going? Your my house. house. Yep. These are the growing pains <laughs> that nobody sees. You're yeah. at the you know at the flea market selling butter tarts, and everyone's just like, "Yay, I get a snack!" And you're like, "You have no idea <laughs> well, you can what ask, my house looks like right now." So you can eat that. <laughs> you can ask any of our customers in Wellington. We do um, curate a long line at the market, but it's just because we are telling you what we went through. Yeah. <laughs> we, this is this is a another I know this is kind of trailing off and this is another thing about business and and sharing and the journey and opening yourself up that I think is really important is is telling your customers about other businesses oh, yeah. and we pride ourselves on this so especially in Ontario and especially in this region there are so many other butter tart companies mm-hmm. um, and there are butter tart trails and trails and trails and trails we do not make a runny butter tart Mm-mm. but you know what we're gonna do we're gonna tell you where you can get one yes because those people make a great runny butter tart mm-hmm. we're not gonna we're not gonna say oh sorry we're not gonna tell you where all these other butter tarts are oh my gosh because they make great butter tarts too And I think it's really important in business to give a shout out to all the other people that are in the same business as you. That's our model. So I think that you totally are reading my mind, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like way too much time together. Because when I was talking about the business plan, going over it recently, it is like ingrained in every sentence that that is our model Mm -hmm. is actually about supporting other businesses. Yeah. Like, and I love that. There was never, like, we never felt like we were competing. Never. We were, like, joining this amazing community. And it's true. It's, like, gluten-free. We're not, we don't have a gluten-free butter tart yet um, because we really want to make it perfect. Across the way, you can find a great gluten-free treat. Mm -hmm. Like, we are the first people. And and that also, I think, is a testament to our show. Mm -hmm. The Baker Sisters was all about supporting others, supporting other bakers. And that has never left. And it's become now, like, part of our business model, if not Mm -hmm. our entire business model. 
I think that's so important. I think it's the community over competition, but also I heard an interesting anecdote the other day, like if you're an author, you want to sell your book in the bookstore where there are thousands of other books that someone could choose from if they walk in to go purchase your book. You don't instead decide to put your book at the coffee shop because no one's gonna buy it there. You wanna be in the bookstore where yes, the customer might change their mind and go for a thousand other books, but it's bringing brand awareness to books as an industry when you're in the store. So something about what you were just saying of like, you know, we wanna support the maple tart and butter tart industry to just support everybody who's yeah. celebrating this wonderful treat. It's not competition. It's just passing customers along to each other to find the one that they like best. Absolutely. And that's what you want for them. You want them to love the butter tart they're eating. Yeah. And if it's yours, great. If not, they're not for you. It's like the county. Yeah. It's like the, all the winemakers <laughs> that are here. You know, everybody is like supporting each other, mm, doing something different, and, and collaborating with mm -hmm. each other, oh, even though they're both wineries. And then the foodies are jumping, like, oh my yeah. gosh, and this the, place is just delightful. The Wellington Farmers Market, you will see all the chefs come in in the morning and like pick up their tomatoes and their greens, and like, because they are gonna go and use those ingredients to that their day with and, meal plan. Oh. Yeah, I it's pretty that. fantastic. Guys, we can move this shipping container. Yes, <laughs> this should be where you sell out yeah. of. This could be your home base. Okay, so uh, we are going to kind of get into some more rapid fire questions because I want to fire off a few more things before we have to say goodbye to one another. Uh, so let's keep the answers short and you can just say the first thing that comes to mind. I say that because I know you're a long-winded duo, uh, but I want to hear about some of the lifestyle and business tips that okay. you have to offer our listeners. So Rachel, let's start with you. Is there a tool or an object or a ritual that you could not live without in running this business? supposed to be rapid um, a tool or a tip that I could not live without. or an app or a, a scheduling system or um, Justin Bieber <laughs> oh I love that I love that answer so much yeah it's true I'm sorry that's my answer because you need to get pumped up yeah drive we, a lot um, it, the kitchen it is a, a grueling place and <laughs> sounds like <laughs> no but it, I we make butter tarts and, and it could be eight hours of making butter tarts. It's still making the same butter tarts and it's very re repetitious. Um, and sometimes we need a little Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that we are going to get along great because Visionary Life, this brand name was born out of a Justin Bieber song. <laughs> My listeners have heard this, but just for your context... Uh, my husband and I were on a trek in Peru going to Machu Picchu and it's kind of a mundane you're walking all day and Justin Bieber had just released his album called Purpose and it has a song called Children on it and it says be a visionary for a change and as soon as I heard that some, like a light flipped in my mind and I said visionary like what is that and I, I just kept thinking about it 
I made it my desktop background <gasps> when I was still working a corporate job and I was just like visionary, like something's there, something's there. <gasps> and then eventually it led into me launching a podcast, what? a business coaching program and everything around visionary life. So thank you, Justin Bieber oh <laughs> for gosh. keeping our businesses company. <laughs> we be- believe. We're believers. We're believers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't love him as much as I used to, but I do owe him some credit this to that song. This was meant to be. Mm, it very much was. Okay, Jean, I'm coming over to you. If you had only one hour per week to spend marketing Maple Key Tarco, like whether that's online or building relationships in person, what would you spend that marketing time doing to promote more sales and more awareness? Just one hour a week. One hour. Uh, I think it would be Instagram. Yeah. Such a... It's a social, and I've just discovered Insta Live, and I am addicted. Oh, I'm definitely tuning in. (laughs) Well, it's gonna bore the socks off of you, (laughs) but it's just this. It's the immediacy that I think that an Insta story you kind of want, but then you take this video and then you go and edit it and then you put it up there. But like live, there you are. I love it. But I feel like we have done extremely well with Maple Key uh, Tarco on that social media platform and it's like people uh you know they eat with their eyes so i would Mm -hmm. very true mm -hmm. rachel when you feel stuck uninspired or unmotivated how do you shake a bad mood i have a nap Mm -hmm. (laughs) i um when my daughter stopped napping at two and a half i cried and then we created quiet time. <laughs> so I've gotten really good where I can nap and she doesn't. But we're upstairs together. She's in her room. Both doors are open. I know I'm probably going to get called. Like social service is going to get <laughs> no. called. Um, and she c- comes in- into my room from time to time and checks on me. But I need a nap. I need like a half an hour reset. Um, and it doesn't make me cranky. It just, it revives me. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. It's like a nap and Malcolm Cousins, Self-care. Right? <laughs> and Jean, final question for you. At what hour of the day do you feel like you're operating at your peak capacity? Morning. Morning. Yeah, I have always been a morning person. I get super, it's, in fact, it's affecting my sleep. Come on, because I'm waking up earlier, because I'm like, Okay, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna? Mm-hmm. Where am I gonna go? Brain's and, always running. And truthfully, I am my most creative self, and I just th- I thought about this this morning when I have zero time. All of a sudden, I'm walking through Union Station, and I'm writing a play, or like I am scribbling down an idea for uh, a, a script that I'm working because I also love to write. And um, yeah, so why aren't you working on our business plan? <laughs> <laughs> That's the she can't do that while walking. Okay, it is very. It's not creative at all. But I like what you said, uh, Kelsey. That I should look again at making a more modern, creative. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not old. School make anymore. it colorful and yeah. add photos and visuals and and make it your own. Put it in the font you like. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It should be fun. I I call my coaching program modern business coaching because I'm not going to be like, okay, send me your Excel spreadsheet. I'm like okay, like, let's look at you as a person first and your strengths and let's make this fun and find systems that 
you connect with mm-hmm. and not try to fit you in a mold that has worked for me. So yeah, anyways, I digress. Okay, so as we wrap this up, where can people find out more about you? How can they watch the Baker Sisters? Like plug yourself in every which way that we can get to know you. Okay. 416. So you can watch all episodes of the Baker Sisters online at foodnetwork.ca. That's season one. And our company is uh, maplekeytartco.com. Um, our Instagram is Maple Key Tartco. Yes, or Gene Park. Oh, no, we do have a Gene and Rachel Insta, but we're going to develop that before this um, But okay. I've attached our individual uh, Instagram accounts underneath. I don't know I've if seen you noticed that. that. Yes. I plugged that. Because that led yeah. me to both what? of you. That's very good. Mind blown. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Um, and if we're in the county, because I'm working with the, uh, the county to produce this series, where can we try your product? Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, you can get a little taste of our product first at the Grange Winery. Uh, Maggie, uh, it's family one run winery and they do an amazing job, but they carry our mini miniature version of our classic tart in their picnic baskets. Throughout so that's where you can fall in love. Amazing. And then every Saturday morning, starting um, May long, yeah, the May long weekend, uh, we will be a permanent vendor at the Wellington Farmers Market. So that's eight uh, a.m. until one p.m. Mm-hmm. and that goes until October. Uh, I think it is Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, October twelfth. Yeah. yeah. So we're so, so excited. Oh, I know. Well, I wish you all the best in the busy season ahead. I know Thank things you. are just launching off for you, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story on the podcast. So yeah. thanks for being here. Well, thanks, thanks Kelsey. And what a gift like to be here what a good birthday birthday. can we end like can you end this podcast with a justin bieber song (laughs) i absolutely can my husband and i edit it so we'll listen to this and then i'll plug which one would you choose if you could choose any bieber song to end with love yourself oh there you go because that's that's what it is baking is an act of love i love it okay so we're gonna segue out with some bieber and uh go check out the baking sisters (laughs) i love it thank you so much for being here thank Thank you it's all about the love Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. Did you learn something new or are you inspired to take action on a new project? If so, please get in touch with me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell or in our secret Facebook community. Just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Rydell on Facebook. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps us share the stories of visionary entrepreneurs with more and more people. If you're interested in working with me, just head to KelseyRydell.com. And if you've been thinking about joining my 90-day business coaching program, please reach out and book a free 15-minute call, and I'd love to chat with you. if you like the way you look that much, oh baby, you should go and love yourself. And if you think that I'm still holding on to something, you should go and love yourself. But when you told me that you hated my friends The only problem was with you and not them And every time you told me my opinion was wrong You tried to make me forget where I came from
And I didn't want to write a song Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still care or don't But you still hit my phone up And baby, I'll be moving on And I think it should be something I don't want to hold back Maybe you should know that My mama don't like you And she likes everyone And I never like to admit that I was wrong and I've been so caught up in my job Didn't see what's going on But now I know I'm better sleeping on my own Cause if you like the way you look that much Oh baby, you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something You should go and love yourself for all the times that you made me feel small i fell in love now i feel nothing at all Never felt so low when I was vulnerable Was I a fool to let you break down my walls? Cause if you like the way you look that much Oh baby, you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something You should go and love yourself Cause if you like the way you look that much Oh baby, you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something You should go and love yourself